here at Lake Grove Presbyterian Church, we recognize the complexity of this season and are inviting all of us to reflect on our experience of this complicated and uncertain time. Oh, well, good morning, Lillian. It is so nice to see you and I'm looking forward to our caring conversation today. It is, um, goodness, at the time that we're recording this, it is right, it's actually Monday, Thursday. So we've been walking through Holy Week and as you were reflecting and thinking of our conversation today, um, tell us what you brought for us to talk about today. Thanks, Susan, it's always so good to see you. Um, this week, as we are reflecting on Holy Week, I was thinking about our lectionary reading, which is John 20. And it is the passage of, um, of scripture that talks about Mary Magdalene coming to the tomb and the resurrection story. And I thought, oh goodness, there are so many relevant points in the scripture passage, um, relevant to our day to day. So Easter, 2021. So I thought you and I, we could just have a conversation, a reflection on the scripture passage. And um, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, goodness, I really do love Easter. Um, Easter is one of the most important um, holiday seasons for me um, and for the church. And I was thinking one of my earliest childhood memories um, as a family were egg decorating, um, we would, you know, and we would use food coloring. And so afterwards, your fingertips would all be um, tinted with different colors on your fingertips. And um, we would do those egg hunts and um, something that was new to me. So 13 years ago, when we moved to the United States was Easter baskets are such a huge thing here. Yes. We would have like a chocolate, but it wouldn't be like a full on Easter basket. <laughs> So I was um, just reflecting on the ways that we um, socially, as a culture, we celebrate Easter. Um, and, and then thinking about, you know, uh, just the scripture, um, God's word. And so how Easter uh, this year aligns perfectly with John 20. And so I want to invite, you know, our listeners, if you have your Bible with you, or if you even want to press pause and go grab your Bible to do that, we're just going to go through John 20, starting from verse one, um, all the way probably to like verse 19. Um, and just reflecting on the resurrection story, as often we, um, it is a triumphant story, it's victorious. It's celebratory, but um, this year it might feel difficult to feel triumphant. Um, and so as we look at John 20, in fact, John 20 verse one, the resurrection story begins in the darkness. Mm -hmm. one, and I'm reading from the NRSV. It says early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark. I love, I was hoping you would stop, pause right there while it was still dark. Easter always has a meeting point with darkness, with grief, with sadness, that you cannot have Easter without having those moments. Mm -hmm. 
And so even with that thought, you know, we can pause and reflect, okay, what is the darkness that we're feeling today? Mm-hmm. And the weight of this past year, what is the grief and the loss that we have been carrying, what we've been experiencing? What are those? Um, perhaps for some of us, we're reflecting on the many hundreds of thousands of people who died of COVID. Mm-hmm. Some may have not died from COVID, but just have passed into glory this past year. In fact, at our own church, we have some beloved saints who have now died. And um, because of the restrictions, again, you know, restrictions were not able to gather to celebrate their lives. So perhaps that's some of the darkness that we're feeling Mm -hmm. during this time. I think also we're still in a season of not being able to celebrate as we would like. It's that's not quite um, there yet, which is actually really an interesting point. And one, I think I'm challenging myself to take as such a gift of realizing Easter is something totally given to us by God, right? Like we are, there are moments of surprise and shock uh, which is actually what we try to do with egg hunts and all these, you know, Easter baskets and all of that is to bring delight and surprise. And so this Easter, this, you know, in 2020 and in 2021, what a, and I'm trying not to use the word opportunity, but here I go, an opportunity to realize we can only receive that from God mm. because our, like our trying to make it happen, it couldn't happen. Right. And it's not something we can manufacture. Right. Definitely not something that we can manufacture. I think that's such a good point. Um, And as we continue looking at the scripture, so it was still dark and Mary Magdalene, she came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. And again, you know, it's this unexpected disappointment, right? The tomb was, the stone was supposed to be there. Um, it wasn't supposed to be open. And so to have that unexpected shock, um, not the good shock, not the good surprise, but the, oh my goodness, the confusion. Um, you know, the, the, the Easter Sunday message that morning wasn't at this point, Jesus has risen. It was the body of Jesus is missing. Right. Just that loss and that shock and that grief. Right, loss on loss. And isn't it interesting how that barrier that was removed was first seen as not a good thing. And then that exact same thing, the barrier removed will be like, oh my goodness, opening the floodgates of having a new life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that, yeah. The barrier that was once not seen as good, (laughs) actually a a pathway, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in verse three, so John 20, verse three to eight, we read about how Peter and the other disciple, you know, the beloved disciple, John, he, they both raced to the tomb, hearing Mary's report that the body was missing, right? That the Lord's body was missing. So they race. And when they arrive, they see um, the linen wrappings. And I love how the text slows down. And in verse six, 
says, he saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus's head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. And so you can just imagine that, imagine what that looked like. And then in verse, as we continue reading, then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. But verse nine is so peculiar because even though they believed, it says in verse nine, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. And so there's this progression of belief, I think, and of understanding. Um, you know, what did the beloved disciples, what did they believe at that point? Um, they didn't believe that Jesus must rise from the dead, but they believed something about Jesus, something going on that was both miraculous and amazing. Mm -hmm. But maybe still not in the darkness of that morning, still not understanding fully what that was. Um, and so, oh, go ahead. Well, you mentioned how it slows down a little bit and it's almost like the slow motion. You can see their minds are trying to wrap around it or you see that like looking at all the pieces and kind of say, okay, the linen here and that head cloth separately and trying to make sense of something that is so unexpected. Um, yeah. And I wanted to note that too, isn't it interesting that this being written from the perspective of the beloved disciple, when he's like describing his not understanding, his kind of, wait a minute, what's happening? What he tells about the other is that he saw and believed. But you wonder if Peter saw and believed, right? Like that's the beloved disciples who we think of as John, his perspective, he saw and believed. And maybe Peter said that earlier, it would totally fit with his personality of, wow, I'm all in and yes, this is it. Um, but there's something there about looking, I'm wondering if anyone is feeling in one of those muddled moments of what, and maybe having come to through this year or in life, whatever it might be, I'm wondering, is this really true? What actually happened? and wondering and looking at others and particularly in a Christian faith community, they all see and believe. Do I, you know, just letting those moments be and let it come as it comes. Yeah. Yeah. And letting that belief, just trusting in the Lord and that guidance of your, of our belief. Right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, these, in verse 10, like right after, right, it says, then the disciples returned to their homes. And if you jumped to verse 19, it, it says that they returned homes to the home. And not only did they return home, but they um, went behind locked doors out of fear of the Jews or, you know, fear of what might happen to them. So again, there, it was, um, there was still confusion. There was, they were still perplexed by the disappointment, by the loss and death of Jesus, their beloved teacher. Um, and so they're grappling with that. Like, mm -hmm. Something going on here, I don't fully understand, um, but I st I'm still afraid. Right. 
I'm still going to go behind locked doors. I'm still going to try to protect myself. Mm -hmm. So both that disheartening, they're disheartened and afraid. And grieving is, is I think, starting to be birthed. Yes, yes. And so not a, what I love is that it's not a belief and everything is no more fear. You know, everything is clear. It's we're still grappling. Yes. And I think that's, in fact, I think that um, in some ways, that's how they're coping with the loss of Jesus. Um, They are still wrestling with fear, feeling disheartened, perplexed and confused by events that they're seeing. Uh, It's a response to their grief. and isn't that a comfort and an encouragement when, because we feel that we so understand that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so human, right? That's, that's, that's so part of us, our response. Yes. And, and so that's part of the response for some of us, for others of us, we may cope with death and loss um, like Mary did. So mm-hmm. if we continue in verse 11, it says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And so I can picture Mary just paralyzed. You know, the disciples came and left, but she's still there standing at the tomb and weeping, just weeping. And so maybe that's how we cope with our grief and loss during this time. Mm-hmm. Feel paralyzed. We can't even think about how confused and afraid we are. <laughs> We're just paralyzed. Right. And standing in the moment of it, right? Like there, it's significant to me that that's right on the threshold of the tomb. Yeah. And she is standing in that moment. And so at the threshold of the tomb, she bends down to look into the tomb. And she sees two angels sitting there. And I love how the angels ask her to name her tears. Say to her, woman, why are you weeping? You know what? Name, name it. Tell us. Put it in words. Why are you crying? Yeah. And then she says to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. Mm-hmm. Just that loss. And that, I don't know. I don't know. Right. You know, Lillian, I want to pause on that one too and I love the way you're framing this of invited to name our tears I think we can often feel it in our culture our way of being (laughs) that if someone says why are you crying it's a shaming tool meaning you shouldn't be right and this actually it's why are you crying tell Mm -hmm. us what are you looking for not shame for you shouldn't be crying everything is fine that's actually that right such a a painful response to tears and I if I could um, oh goodness wrap my heart and arms around anyone who has felt that before of shame of how they feel when they are deeply grieving something no just name it and let it come out that is God's invitation and that the, the invitation of these angels heavenly beings to Mary it is very tender Yes, it is not one of shame or condemnation. That's right, yeah. 
And then, so I, I know I'm jumping kind of quickly, but then as soon as she is able to name her tears that I don't know where Jesus is, where they lay his body, she turns around and immediately the next verse says, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. <laughs> um, but even, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus asks her to name her tears also, right? It wasn't a, why are you crying, man? But it was a great right, verse 15. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Mm -hmm. And um, so again, just reiterating what you pointed out, Susan, it's not that one of shame or condemnation, but a, a warm invitation. Name your tears. And isn't it significant that she named that she's looking for Jesus? Yeah. And then that's the moment she sees him. Very tender. So she says, oh, so we're back here in verse 15. Supposing him to, him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Verse 16 says, Jesus said to her, Mary. And I just want to pause there because I think it's such a beautiful moment because as Mary is able to name her tears, then Jesus calls her name. Mm -hmm. And there is this intimate encounter with the risen Lord at the threshold of the tomb. And so on this Resurrection Sunday, as we celebrate, and I use that word celebrate so loosely, as we reflect on Easter, I think that it's okay to grieve and to mourn because Jesus is with us in our darkness. Even if we don't recognize his presence, just like Mary, Jesus was there, standing right there, even if she didn't recognize him. And even though we don't recognize him. It's so beautiful. And it's even that in standing in those moments of grief, where we're ushered into the presence of God, God comes to us. And then she's brought into a more intimate relationship with him. Mm -hmm. It really is profound, Lillian. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing this to us in this week. I don't want to rush you or us in any of this reflection. And as those of you have been listening along and thinking, boy, I hope you hear the invitation to name what this season has been like. Name what you're grieving. Name what you're looking for, who you're looking for. As you name it, know that Jesus is right here. Um, I'm going to just end this with John 1, verse 5. And it says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The celebration we have in the, with Resurrection Sunday, with Easter, is that death does not win. Jesus does. Amen and amen. Amen.